These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle, and I'm here today with Alan West. Hi, Alan. Hey, Nancy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm, I'm real good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's Friday. It's Friday. So, Alan, today on the show, we are very happy to welcome back a guest who has joined us twice before wants to talk about his first book, The Historian Dictionary, and then he came on to talk about his favorite icon, his favorite Houston icon, I think, the Astrodome. Today, this fifth-generation Houstonian and founder of a local preservation group called Historian is back on the show to talk about his new book, James Glassman. Welcome back to Looped In. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. James, your new book is called The Historian Calendar, and in it, each day of the year is associated with an event in Houston's history. It is chock full of really fun, interesting items and information on everything from sports, politics, real estate. Of course, real estate plays a big role, and music. Really, you got a little bit of something for everyone in there. Why did you write this book? Why did you put this together and how did it how did it come to be? Well, this was one of the first projects I, I began when I was trying to figure out a way to make Historian into something more than just a blog. Okay. And that's your preservation. The, the preservation group, group is historian.org and, and we we we're trying to, you know, get people more engaged in Houston history, telling the story of Houston, you know, things like and so we try to find ways to engage Houstonians and things like uh you know what's Houston's oldest bar, or why is this, why is your street named the way it is, or uh, who was the first person in your family who moved to Houston? So I'm I'm always looking for ways to engage Houstonians, whether you're brand new or you're multi generational. You know how can I get people more engaged in Houston history? Mm-hmm. So part of one of those ways was using Twitter. Twitter just sort of started out, and I was trying to figure out a way that I could do a daily tweet? Like, what could I do every day that would make people interested and come back and and maybe I can grow the group that way? And I thought, how about what happened today in Houston history this day? Well, you can't just wake up and type in, in Google or something, you know, like March 4th every year of Houston, you know, right. that's, that's, a, that's just not how those work. So I had to really get compulsive about it and start writing them down. And I kept it on my phone and it's on, it's still on there. So every day, and I've gotten multiple things per day. The book only gives you one item per day, mm-hmm. but you know I got to pick and shuffle around a little bit. But um, I noticed that because today I checked and I saw that you had like already you know five different things that happened, and I picked out my my favorite one of the today. day. If we, I could just read that tell, please, for yeah. a minute. So we're recording on fi- on Friday, February seventh. Okay. And this and was Alan's looking in the book right now. Uh, for I'm what actually there. is it's in actually there. the eighth. Today's the eighth. Yeah. That's what I said. The eighth. Oh, <laughs> you're right. That's what I heard. Yeah. Well. Whatever day it is, um, <laughs> around this time in 2002, the city removed the Enron sign from what was then called Enron Field 
now Minute Maid Park, mm. the Astros Stadium. Now, I don't know if that's the entry in the book. Well, right. And I wanted to ask, okay, so today, well, which, February 8th. Yeah, February 8th. Friday, February, or February 8th. <laughs> Whatever year that was. But. Okay, 1982, the public news debuted. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think I just didn't want to talk about a, another Right. Well, I don't, paper, well, it's, it's, I don't think they're around anymore. No, they've been they're dead as Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> You're worried about their them competing with uh, with Looptin, starting their own real estate. That's podcast. right. Yeah. That's right. Well, he, he, public news is great, especially if you're a Montrose kid. You know that was they started before the Houston, the current Houston Press, mm. and it was sort of an it was an alternative weekly, you know, folded newspaper, and it was where the good old Montrose freak community could sort of, yep. you could read music reviews and see bands coming to town. And yep. it was just a really like n- like local, local, local. It was really cool. Yeah. You and I were both around then. I know. And, and remember they worked out of that house at the corner of what was it like West Alabama and Mandel. It was right over there. That's right. And now it's where that Buff Burger is, that Oh kind of yeah, that's right. The, yeah, yeah. Across Alabama Hill. Row or whatever yeah, that's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strip Center. Yeah. But that's, you know, that was, and it was in that funky bungalow. You know, Montrose is still pretty funky, but uh, it was even more so back then. <laughs> oh, my God. It was yeah. tough back then. Funky yeah. bungalow. That would be a good, like, Montrose bun- rockabilly band or right? something. Yeah. Right, Well, my favorite, th- my favorite story about public news is they always had, and this is before the internet, and this is before, you know, if we're college age, let's say, and you're reading it, and you're reading about some band playing the town, and, the, and the, coming up town, in the back, there were these personal ads. Now, if you're of a certain age, you know exactly what a personal ad is. If you're... Of a certain age, you have no idea what <laughs> Desperately that is. Desperately seeking season. Yeah, 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 I mean, it's like the uh, dating apps of the day, and that people would put in little messages, you know, mm-hmm. SWF <laughs> seeks, oh, you wow. know. Yes. And we were always wondering, what does G mean? Oh, G means gay. What does S mean uh-huh. single, you know? Uh-huh. We always, and they would get a little racy, and it was oh, fun. Yeah. If you're a college kid or a high school kid, it's fun to read those ads. That is so funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, Okay, where where were we? Gosh, we just kind of went on a tangent. <laughs> oh, so how did how to get started? So anyway, so I wanted to do a, a a tweet every day. So I'm reading books. I'm digging around for anniversaries and birthdays. You know, you just sort of collect over the years, and mm-hmm. it took several years, but I finally got every single day covered. And once I figured that out, the book was the first book could just sort of finish, and I thought, oh, I think that's a natural follow up. Do a calendar book, right? Well, I. I thought it was great. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've read through a lot of it, and um, I, you know, I, I like to focus on specific dates, which I think it's it's fun. You know, remember when we were kids too, and you would go to the the drugstore, and they'd have like the something like from your birthday, like the like the things that happened on your birthday, or other famous people, or the year born you on were your, born. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I of course went straight to my birthday, August eleventh. For those interested, um, and you want to give out your pin number too? While you're at it? <laughs> I do. I want to know. <laughs> Was that bad? Maybe no, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, my birthday was in 1956, <laughs> long before I ever made an appearance. Was uh, Sam Houston Park was created, or that's August 11. August 11th, 1956, okay. Sam Houston Park, and it was funny when I first saw this. I was like, kind of rolled my eyes because I was like. Oh, I was thinking the raceway. <laughs> oh, the, the, the park? Or the, yeah. yeah. Or the do camel race. The horse park. The dog park. park. Dog, dog, dog sound race. I was yeah. like, well, that, oh, great. That park, you know, that's when they sort of formalized everything. That park had been there forever. Mm-hmm. I think it was where Houston had its first zoo, and it, it goes yeah, way, it's wow. right. yeah, 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 way yeah, back. Yeah, Really? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. always been sort of public land, so. And now those houses on that property are at risk. 
They're right? at risk. Because the yeah. heritage society is scaling back. I have I don't know. I've read a little bit about it. Yeah. It seems like once it's saved, it's saved, but you know, you can't just put it behind a fence and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I mean, maintenance is so expensive for right. those for the yeah. the, pro- the the buildings. Yeah. Huh. It's well, not good. They, they had to they actually had to eventually they had to uh, take the air out of the uh, Sam Houston bouncy ha- castle that they had there. It was <laughs> Sam Houston built that for his kids in 1850. I'm just kidding, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It's tough to keep it inflated and the seams on that. The seams and all that. The canvas and all that. But it was a gift of President Andrew Jackson for his kids, yeah. How about a new book, Fake Houston History? Fake Houston History. I mean, it would be tough for some people. I don't think people would get it. We were going to do a Cards Against Humanity Houston version, but we just couldn't come up with enough cards. That's a good idea, but that, that, that would get it. dark and personal. You probably oh, no. don't want to do and that. And it's probably five years too late anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, James, when's your birthday? Uh, can I say it? Uh, yeah, March 4th. Okay. I want to see what you picked for your birthday because- <laughs> It's a good one. And there's an even better story in there too. Okay, March 4th, 1960. Six, oh, no, I'm not No, I'm not that old. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is a no. great day. Or, yeah, March 4th is a good one. Yeah, that's a good entry. Okay, here it is. TSU students staged yeah. the first civil rights sit-in in Texas. On this day in 1960, TSU students, Texas Southern University, staged a sit-in demonstration at a local chain supermarket, Wine Gardens. Just as soon as the students sat down at the segregated lunch counter, the store manager closed it, and the students waited to be served until the entire store closed. Police did not interfere with the peaceful protest, and no violence was reported. Wine Gardens, hoping to avoid any future sit-ins, simply removed the counter stools. Oh, wow. That story is retold in uh, This Is Our Home, It's Not For Sale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's where I first heard that story, and some, some consider that to be a very artful resolution to a problem. Some consider it sort of insulting. I'll, I'll leave the reader to decide what they thought yeah. of it. Yeah. But, you know, Houston has a... A good, a pretty good tradition with segregation. Uh, it, this is an oft-told story how we desegregated pretty quietly mm-hmm. cons- compared to other southern cities. We had our troubles for sure, but I think there was a there was a meeting somewhere, a few meetings in the '60s, where they said we're not going to burn the way other cities did. So it, it's nice when you're comparing Houston to other cities in in various eras and seeing that we had a. a politer version or a less violent version. So, you know, when you, when you, when you do some, this kind of research on Houston, you, you can't help but compare to other cities, not that we care what other people think, but, you know, you really, get, you really start to see a personality over the decades that we mm-hmm. have here in Houston. Even, even people who haven't been here decades benefit from that sort of uh, cult- cultural DNA or, or attitude about things. The, the the story about the sit-in is really interesting because that store, of course, is no longer there. It's a post office. There's a state historical marker. And so I'm wondering what thoughts you have about the links between these preserving these cultural narratives and then preserving our actual built environment. Well, I love preserving old buildings, but I also love new buildings. I mean, I'm a Houstonian. I love new stuff. <laughs> but I think we can have it both ways. I think yeah. we can have old and new. Uh, there, there's some great examples around town where where a, a really creative business owner found a way to breathe new life into an old building, or it hasn't changed one bit and it's still beloved. Usually churches get that sort of designation, mm-hmm. school buildings. Occasionally, you know, uh, Nancy spoke about about these great preserved buildings that were accidentally 
preserved, like an old Wendy's that's now a fancy restaurant or, <laughs> you know, there's so some accidental preservation out there going on. But uh, as far as getting plaques and those sorts of uh, recognitions are really terrific because that's how some of us remember. Not everybody's going to want to read a book about it or dig into it. Maybe there's not a documentary written about it. Maybe that's all they're going to see when they drive down the street is a historic marker. So those yeah. are terrific ways to remind the community, like, all the all the history that's lurking around every corner. Yeah, for sure. Another thing that you do to help people remember Houston, and we were talking about this yeah. earlier, is we did a podcast episode on the it's not the bean, but you know the bean in Chicago and the cloud. I think it's called yeah, cloud, cloud gate, cloud gate, and cloud column. Cloud, yeah, yeah cloud column. Right. The bean they call it. Yeah, sculpture in front of <laughs> the Glacelle School. We can't say some of the things I've heard. The suppository. Oh yeah. gosh, or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's the, about the cleanest thing I've heard. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, ugh. this is a family so, show. <laughs> is it? Is this a family show? Hey, it's you know whatever we want it okay. to be. Okay. All right. But um. Anyway, on that show, we were struggling to come up with oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what landmark, what thing in Houston says Houston. Like, what's our Eiffel Tower or what's our, sure, what's our Empire icon. State yeah. Building? And you have kind of worked to help promote some images that are just super iconic. Like, of course, your Astrodome ceiling. Right. Oh, thank you. That's very nice yeah, of you to say. Wh- what is, tell, tell us what's th- what that's about. What, what the Astrodome? You no, know, no, 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 no. This, this like iconographic <laughs> project that you've sort of embarked on as well, a designer. I, I, love I love to. That. I, the Astrodome. Well, I mean, I, well, I, I, in listeners, sit down and pull up. <laughs> you, there's this thing called the Astrodome. I want to tell you about. Uh, well, I just love to doodle and I love graphic art. I'm mm-hmm. not really formally trained at it, but um, I love secret handshakes and some of those designs are meant to be sort of, you know, if you know what that loop logo is, you know what it is. Or um, I don't know if I, you know, so I've, I've used making these fun graphics expressed on t-shirts, but they could certainly be murals or Mm -hmm. cards. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows where they're going to go with that, but where I can go with that. But to me, just having a shirt that says Houston is boring to me. I, Mm -hmm. I want something that's funny or insidery. But not snobby, fun, funny yeah. maybe. Yeah. And some of those that I've drawn, fortunately, people dig, and so mm-hmm. that pleases me. But uh, yeah, again, so you that's draw, you draw this. I I think your kind of most famous ones are the, like you mentioned, the image of the six ten loop. Yeah, the freeway tangle. Yep. Yep. And that you know we've seen that everywhere on T-shirts in far beyond Houston. I remember when the Suffers played. On, um, don't they have it on their bass drum? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah I don't yeah. know if they still do, but they oh, okay. were on. The, they you know, were when the Suffers were Letterman in 2015. Yeah, and your image was right there. <laughs> That's I, cool. I mean, we were all jumping up and down, screaming, seeing the Suffers kill on on Letterman. Right, right. And to see my logo with with, with my permission, of course, they're they're my friends. <laughs> they got permission on their drum head. Their cams and the acknowledgments, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. she she's a, she she also has that she has that tattoo also. Oh, nice. oh wow. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. very gratifying. Wow. Did you give her permission for that? She doesn't need my Cam can do whatever. <laughs> well, that was really cool, but then um you also have the Astrodome ceiling that you there are pieces of art that you build out mm-hmm. of um what? It's aluminum. It's it's, aluminum. it's, a, it's a real okay. simple sort of graphic, but it's I you know, just saw a photograph of the mm-hmm. astronaut on the ceiling once, and I thought, "Hey, there's something to that." I think, 
I think I could make that into mm-hmm. something interesting mm-hmm. for people to stare at on their wall. And, mm-hmm. and I've sold a few of them. Yeah. 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 That's Most recently to Ed Wolf. He got one for his birthday. <laughs> I didn't know it was for Ed Wolf when I sold it to his daughter. And then I get a great phone call from him a few weeks later. He was just so pleased. What did he say? Yeah. Hey, Jim, I love I love the Astrum. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing his voice justice, but he's his booming voice over the phone. Yes. And it was very gratifying yes. to know that he's got it and he loved it too. So, And you know, he was on Looped In a couple episodes ago. Was he? With the... Uh, I need to listen to that the one. The Legends. The Legends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's 365 events here, and it's sort of like asking a, a father to pick his favorite children. But are there certain um, are there certain events in, in Houston history that you feel like you could isolate the city's essence down to? I mean, I think of like the Spindletop Gusher, and there's that image of you know the the the, the Astrodome um, officials firing the Colt 45. The groundbreaking, the dirt. yeah. Yeah. Like those are really iconic, but what are some that resonate with you in your, in your head? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, the sesquicentennial party in 1986, n- not only for that crazy, messy, sweaty, rainy day <laughs> on the still developing Houston skyline, if you're old enough to remember, that was like the biggest party we'd ever seen. It was this French composer was in town for this electronic music, and it was, oh, right. and it was, it's John, on the cover, John, Jean-Michel Jarre, and it's it's on the cover. It's one of the photos on the cover, and it was also, but it was such a mess, and it was hot, even though it was April. You know, we had some other things. The that same day, the uh, the uh, sculpture garden at MFA opened, and they had a sort of a micro version of what eventually became the Art Car Parade. Oh, cool. Okay. So that was a day that there was a bunch of stuff that happened on that day. But um, I, 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 I like some of these days where it's not great, you know, like uh, we open up the Astrodome to the Katrina evacuees mm. or, or you know, the Harvey story plays out over many days. That's, that says a lot about Houston right there. Mm. Um, but also things like um, when uh, Howard Hughes had that ticker tape parade downtown. I mean, the, you know, when you dig back and you find these hundreds of thousands of people showing up downtown in a city that's not that big back then. Yeah. And that was, that's the biggest party in town. Those are always fun to cover. Um, when uh, Glenn McCarthy opened uh, the long gone Shamrock Hotel, <laughs> he, I, I, the story goes that he borrowed a plane from Howard Hughes to fly to LA, to Hollywood to gather up some movie stars and bring them back to his party. <laughs> what a, I don't know if that's more of a Texas kind of, right. he's a famous wildcatter, but you know, he, he had, and that was a big party on the edge of town on St. Patrick's Day in 1946 or 47. Um, those sort of crazy audacious character mm. stories I love. A lot of times, you know, Houston's got known for innovation and Things like that, but those don't happen on a single day. Maybe somebody will win a Nobel Prize on a certain day, or they're recognized for that day. But mm-hmm. those eureka moments that Houston is so great at—you know—those are hard to find an actual date for. But those are those are also kind of between the lines on a lot of these entries. Hmm. Oh, and of course the moon landing—that's a big one. I mean, that's a big one. That's a big one. I mean, Houston, right? First word broadcast from the surface of the moon. That's. Yeah. I always say broadcast, not spoken, because there was some other chatter that they were speaking. <laughs> so I like to say first word, Houston was the first word broadcast from the mm-hmm. moon. The source of our biggest and, and most shameful cliche, national cliche. Well, no, that's that's Apollo 13, though. Oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. Right. Which is also, yeah, that, I think that gets an entry, too. The, uh, Houston, <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem. I think there's a Twitter account dedicated oh, to- Houston, yeah, yeah. It's called uh, Houston. It's some guy who finds every, anytime, I guess I wish I thought of this, too, anytime somebody on- on TV or movies says, or a variation of that eye-rolling quote. It's a oh terrific quote, but we're all sick of it in Houston, right? 
Uh, he he retweets it and it's always and you just you just want so to good. shake your head. Did you like, really have to do that? Yeah, did you? I mean, really come on. How old is that movie? Twenty two years old, yeah. maybe yeah. twenty three years old. And people are still. Wow. I mean, is that the biggest thing people know about Houston? We're but that fix goes it. back to your your point about iconography. It's like, yeah, that is the the, the yeah. one thing that people seem to know about Houston. Yeah. This this silly movie quote that we've all gotten wrong, actually. Yeah, well, it's a good quote. <laughs> Did Al Reiner write that? Who just died recently? He's one of the Texas Monthly founding editors. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. William Broyles, sure. one of those old old timers, yeah. wrote it. No idea. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, um, the book is coming out February twenty fifth. Am I right? That's right. Okay. And where can people get this book? This book is going to be everywhere, I hope. Uh, no, I, <laughs> obviously Amazon and online so, um, sources, but, you know, I'm going to be signing copies on the 26th at Brazos Bookstore, mm-hmm. and I'll be doing some other signings over the next few weeks, but I'm hoping to find it at the MFA, at uh, Cactus Music, mm-hmm. at the big dark stores. The local, um, all the local haunts. Hopefully in the airport. Anyone know how I can get it in the airport? <laughs> Um, so I wanted to give you a little quiz. I don't know how well you know all of these dates, but I wanted Uh-oh. to throw a date at you, a couple dates at you, and oh, see, no. it, see if you knew what happened on that day. Can I have the book in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> open, open note. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Let's see. December 29th, 1845. December 29th. Oh gosh, this is going to, this is 84, 1845, 29th. Is it a good one or is it a random thing? No, it's a big one. December 29th, 1845. 45, we had just become a state, I think, didn't we? The, That's it. We became a state. We were Texas accepted to the Union. Texas admitted to the United okay. States. 45 was the clue. Okay. Yeah, put that book down. <laughs> okay. I didn't have to look it up, folks. I know. I you didn't look it up. All yeah, right. that's when the Congress a- approved our annexation bid, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, glad. Okay. Last one you wrote the book, not me. Uh, all right. <laughs> December 27th, 2012. This is a little more esoteric, but... 27th, 2012? Yeah. That wasn't... No, I don't know that one. 2012 should be a clue. 2012. 2012, let's see. So let's see. We can dope this one out. Okay, well, put the book down. All right. Not I, the uh, Astrodome, but... Astroworld was sold? That's to it. To the rodeo? That's it. Okay. That, they go. still haven't done anything with that land, but they're, they think they're going to. I think we're going to. Well, okay. Thanks for giving me some clues here. That remains to be seen. All right. And then, Alan, we didn't cover your birthday. So what's your birthday? And I'll I'll look you up. Oh, uh, July 18th. Okay. Gemini 10. Here we are, back to space. July 18th, 1966. Throughout the 1960s, NASA worked toward the goal of putting a man on the moon. Project Gemini, with its two-man crews, sought to advance understanding of procedures that would be used on future moonshots, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And there's more. That's well, cool. Well, you know, what, it was not easy filling every every single day, and it took years to do this. Um, but having having it on my phone and having these dates repeat every year allows me to wake up and tweet about it that morning. So uh, I would say without any exaggeration, a good bit of this book was written on my phone, <laughs> which I don't know if anybody, if that's worth bragging about. Or... <laughs> well, I mean, you hear whenever there's like an incredible movie that comes out and they're like, it was shot entirely on an iPhone. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You could say that about Well, this book. was written on my iPhone mostly. Um, I, you <laughs> know, embellished later and grew them from 140 characters to the paragraph or two that they are. But, um, you know, I thought when I was writing it, like, oh, this will be a snap. I'll just convert it and make the sentences a little bit longer, but it's not that easy. And, yeah. and I wanted to imbue this with a little bit more humor, 
the first book was intended to be very by the book and very straight straight ahead and so there are some there's some hopefully some fun in there for everybody and some jokes and yeah for sure i saw something about willie nelson in there it was just selena yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of music in there, which I think mm-hmm. yeah. Houston's got a great music history that I wish we knew more about. Um, you know, obviously other cities in Texas get more uh, press for their musicians and shows and things like that. But I mean, we've got so much music history yeah. in this town. And architecture, you've got good well, stuff in I there. I mean, I, I, I try to give everybody a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, space and sports are really easy to find dates for because, <laughs> you know, statistics and Sports fans love to write things down, and NASA is very good about writing everything down. So, <laughs> so those were those were good sources for me. It's you know when you find some rare nugget about something happening that day, or some some record that was recorded, or yeah. went to number one, or those are always such gems to find. Yeah. Well, your first book, the Historian Dictionary, is definitely one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and that is a basically a dictionary of Houstonisms and. And also just unique things about Houston. And you said you might be updating that at some point. Oh, it would, you know, having it out there and finding missed opportunities in there, you know, (laughs) there's so many parts I don't want to complain about it. It was a real dream come true to have, to get to write a book, but uh, seeing what I I missed. Oh, uh, you're not going to put me on the spot, but I just wish there's some, I keep a list on my phone. I've got over 200 things that I want to add to the next book. Wow. And now that I know sort of how this works and I can get more pictures and I can... I can feel more confident about putting jokes in or yeah. in, insider things. Yeah, let's 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 update the first one. Sure, I'd love to do that. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. This was really fun, and congratulations on the new book. Um, I hope it does well, and it's a it's a great a great read, and I I plan to use it as a as a reference material uh, at my desk. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure to be here today, Alan. Thank you too. Yeah, happy to help. Listeners, thanks for being here as well. And if you want to learn more about Looped In and other Houston Chronicle podcasts, go to HoustonChronicle.com slash podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you have any feedback or an idea for a show or just want to say hi, you can reach out. I'm on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at and Sarnoff. And Alan, you are at Alan West. All right. Take care. Bye.